Hey everybody, this is Matilda Edgar Cooper and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I got the chance to chat all things spin with Hannah Frankson, the mega inspirational, mega hype gyal, mega fly Peloton instructor who also teaches from the Peloton Studios in London. But before she became a global name, you may be surprised to know that she was a former competitive triple jumper who trained alongside Olympic level athletes for seven years. After she finished competing, she discovered her love for indoor cycling and combined this with her passion for fitness, music and making exercise fun. And that she certainly does. So get ready to hear how Hannah got into athletics, the moment she discovered the power of spinning and her motivational perspective on wellness. Welcome to the Finesse Your Wellness Podcast, Hannah. It is an absolute pleasure to chat to you and have you on board. How have you been? I've been fantastic, you know. I've had a really good year. Thank you. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I've been trying to kind of keep the vibes high, especially as we've kind of come into a year where things are starting to, you know, feel a little bit normal. Um, As far as fitness, I'm slowly but surely getting back into running, which um, took a pause for a moment. Um, But yeah, things are good. Things are good. But I'm particularly excited to talk to you because I personally have been one of your biggest fangirls since forever. (laughs) Um, I discovered you on Instagram not long after I started Fly Girl Collective. I started this series called Women in Fitness and I was just looking for inspirational women out there, particularly in London, who were just doing the thing. And what was so fascinating about you is firstly just how accessible you were, but you also had this incredible career as this Olympic level athlete. So I guess I just wanted to kick off the conversation. Starting from that point, you know, what was it like being a full-time athlete? How did you get into it? All of that. Wow. 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 Gosh, it's been a while, but I started, (laughs) it's kind of like my whole life, like from as young as I can remember, definitely all the way through my secondary school. So probably from about 10, 11, um, I was going athletics training. I kind of realised quite young that I was good at running. I was fast. Yeah. So I guess it's something um, I leaned into. My parents were really supportive as well. So, um, yeah, I started started doing track and field or athletics when I was about 10, 11. And I did it all the way up till I was about 24, 25. Wow. Um, so like yeah, kind 15 of followed years. Me all the way through, yeah, all the way through school. Yeah, all the way through school, all the way through uni, and then just afterwards. And I'd say at the end, when I felt like a, that's when I felt like a proper athlete, you know, when I make that decision to put everything sort of on hold to concentrate on this athletics career. Um, it's loads of different things. Like it's scary. Uh, mm. It felt quite risky. Felt like I could get wow. left behind, like all my friends would start getting jobs and I'd get kind of, I'd get stuck behind. Um, but at the same time, it was really rewarding. I had an amazing group. I trained with other people that got to the Olympics. I'd been to previous Olympics. Wow. Um, I made loads of friends. Uh, but in terms of training, I don't know if you want to know in terms of training. Like when I look back now and think about what I used to do in terms of training, oh, <laughs> it, it's not. It's tough. It was, it was tough. And that's like, you just being like <laughs> yeah, polite. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, like it wasn't, there were some sessions I would straight up say that they were not fun. It was definitely not fun. There, there were times where you'd be sick. You'd watch your training wow. partners be sick. You'd, you'd I wouldn't want to, oh, you just don't even want to go home. Do you know that feeling of like, you don't want to even travel back home after a training session. It's like everything counts on this. Like you, you want to give it like 100% yeah. day in, day out. So yeah, it's it gets tough. It was it was quite tough. I'd say it was a tough time. I bet. So but rewarding, but rewarding. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, what did you kind of take from athleticism that's kind of fed into this new phase of athleticism? Like, what were kind of like the lessons that have carried you through? I guess definitely that we can push our bodies so much further than we probably believe that we can. Mm. When I look back and think of how hard I'd push myself in a session, the things I kind of went through, even like, even something like an injury, just knowing that we can overcome things and that we definitely can work with our bodies and push them to levels that I don't think many people get to, but you can definitely do. So I I guess I've reached an extreme that I don't necessarily expect myself to ever get to anymore, but I know that I can do it. So I just want to, I always want to make sure people know that they can push a little bit harder sometimes than they might think. Yeah. But having said that, now I do realise, now that I've come out the other side, I I do think exercise as well is not that deep. So sometimes (laughs) I think, I'm not training for the Olympics anymore. It's really not that deep. Like I don't need to do a lot of the stuff that I used to do. Like I, I can have fun with this as well. Like this is allowed to be enjoyable. I love that. Yeah, that does cross my mind often, like when I'm training for races, like I tend to do, I'm really into marathon training. And sometimes I'm like, girl, you're not really trying to win this race. So just chill, just chill on the pace, just <laughs> just finish. That's that's the most important thing. We all going to get the medal. So it doesn't really matter to that extent. Um, so I'm quite curious to know, though, when you did kind of step away from um, your track and field career, what sort of exercise were you doing? and how did spin come into the mix? Oh, this is this is really fun because I guess I'd describe it as a very in-between phase where I was still doing modelling. So whilst I was doing athletics to, to make sure I could fund doing athletics because you don't get tons of money for jumping into sandpits, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was doing modelling to kind of just help, help me get money without spending loads of time, like using up all my time. So what kind of modeling? Doing, oh, it was fitness, anything and everything to do with fitness. But then it kind of spilled over into commercial modeling as well. So wow. I've done car ad- adverts. I've done, um, <laughs> I've done a lot of hair stuff. Um, any gym, loads of gyms, loads of fitness companies, any, any fitness company I've worked with, I'd say like every big brand cool. I've worked with. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was fun. But um, it, that in-between phase, I'd stopped doing athletics and I still wanted the jobs because I, I wasn't really doing anything career-wise <laughs> either. So I was like, I really, I guess, I'm sure a lot of other people that used to kind of do sport can kind of testify to this. You kind of are mourning an, an old version of you, but something I guess I found mm-hmm. hard to let go of, especially because it was still making me money, was the way I looked. So right, psychologically maybe, and for my bag, I was like, I need to kind of, I need to kind of look at, oh, I'd convince myself. This isn't, I don't believe this, this is necessarily true anymore. But I'd convince mm-hmm. myself, I need to look a certain way. So I was still going to the gym. I did enjoy it, but 
yeah I don't think I really had a bigger plan other than let's just come to the gym and just do what I know which is train hard and lift heavy weights and that's all I knew and it was actually on a shoot for a job I can't remember what shoot it was but I met um, a fitness instructor called Melissa and she was telling Melissa me Melissa Weldrin skin. yeah Melissa yeah yeah yeah, Melissa yeah! yeah, yeah, yeah. shout that's out to that. Melissa <laughs> She's dope. Yeah. She's so great, man. She's great. She's, she's great. amazing. But she's she's the one that said, like, come down to my spin class, you might enjoy it. And and I went and no way. when I left that room, I was like, wait a minute. So I've been over there, like lying on the ground <laughs> at tracks and like even post-athletics, like running up and down the grass. Like I've been doing all this, <laughs> and these have all been in this room having this much fun in the dark with music and lights like wh- where was this hiding from me like why did I not know this existed this is amazing this is fun like I left the room just feeling like whoa whoa this is like a revelation so I think from then on I was like I don't know what I've got to do but I want to be involved I want to be involved in this because this is gr- this is a good time and so had you done much cycling beforehand nope not at all not at all Wow. Not at all. Do you know yeah, how to ride a no, bike? I, I, well, obviously, you do. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I like riding a bike. But I think the thing for me that resonated with spin was the music. It was just this yes. to play music, hit the beat, like ride with the music. Like it's so integral. Like it's such a big part of the workout to me, especially with spin. And cycling 100%. to ride with the music. So, yeah, it just introduced me to this world. that I was like, where did where was this idea my whole time? Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the music part because for me, I have been very particular when it comes to spin classes because it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a London thing, but a lot of the classes are just, it's just the EDM. And I get it because it's riding to the beat, but sometimes you want a little something, something else, you know? And so I think that's where instructors like yourself stand out because you're giving us a much broader spectrum. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Like, it's funny because I I would say like, by the time I left Boom Cycle, I I would definitely say I had like an internal little formula, like of how I would play a ride. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, right. What I want to do is I want to ease them in with some songs that they know, you know. They might have had a long day yeah. working, they might have got out of bed. Or, you don't want to hit them with songs that they don't know straight off the back. So, like, just a little pop, a little, like, 80s little jam that we can all get down to, smile yes. about. And then, bam, like, bang in the middle somewhere. Like, I love riding to Brian and, like... Yes. British I mean, I've done some of your rides on Peloton. Trust me. I'm like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love riding to that music. I just think it's... I, I just, I think... A lot of like grime is that is that right beat to really dig into and like mm-hmm. stamp your feet and get really like into it. So yeah, like as, as soon as I can sneak sneak in a bit of grime, I, I probably have and I probably will. Mm, I love it, and I mean <laughs> I I love the fact that you are so you know mindful of how people are responding to the music and just to the environment of spin because I think what changed for me mm. at least looking at the evolution of classes was, you know, you kind of went to a spin class. This is before, you know, we it turned into sort of like cycling in a club vibe. Um, yeah. But it started just very kind of generic to being almost like an emotional experience. So I suppose 
what do you guys think about when you're trying to take us on that journey? Because, you know, I think that's how other sort of brands have popped up. And that's why it's almost become so popular because people are like, look, by the time I come out of this class, I'm transformed. I'm not vexed anymore. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Like, I suppose the real question is like, what, what are y'all trying to do to us? <laughs> and how yeah, does it work? <laughs> you want to know the sauce. You want to know the sauce. You wanna know the I want to know the secret <laughs> sauce. <laughs> people are like shouting in these classes waving (laughs) towels you know what I'm saying and we're talking about again British culture people are not normally that you know expressive at all but yet people will leave it it's true though yeah so not British isn't it like to get people weeping and cheering like it's just really not British they are though (laughs) (laughs) I think um, obviously there's the music so you, you want to create a good mood with the music but for me, I would say like my biggest change as an instructor came when I guess you have to be quite brave to really draw off your own experiences that I don't. Yes. I, I never really told anyone explicitly in my classes. It's like back in boom, like what had happened. But I guess from the way that I talked to myself, it felt very obvious. And 99% of the time I was just talking to myself, but I was just saying it out loud. Like I was going through a breakup and I think I got to a stage where I was like, I've got nothing to lose like that any mm. if I was trying to protect myself from being vulnerable with people or like that sort of like a feeling of pride and that I don't want to get ashamed or I don't want to be embarrassed all this kind of all those feelings when that happened like they completely went out the door so I was like yo you're just going to get 100% me and if you like that that's great if you don't there are lots of other instructors that you can go and ride with but I want to have the best time I possibly can. And I hope in me having a good time, I I bring you along with me. Like, we're in this together now. The second I shut that door, we're in this together. Like, if I'm not feeling great, I really, I really did feel that I was getting people to help me feel better. And if they weren't feeling good, then I really feel like there was like this energy that was bouncing off in the room where we could all just leave feeling everyone could leave feeling better including myself so if you want people to feel something you need to be feeling it yourself and I think I got to a stage teaching spin where I allowed myself to just be truly who I am and feel whatever I was feeling that day I look back at some of my old rides and I'm like this is a diary like I don't know how I found the right songs every week but it looks like a diary like the songs that I would pick were probably things that I was going through that week that matched honestly I look back at my rides and I'm like I I can tell you what I was doing that week (laughs) wow and I think it's so easy to underestimate that some fitness spaces especially like the cycling room is a vulnerable Mm. space because I mean we're sweating (laughs) so don't even worry about what you're looking like you can't (laughs) there's no point you know we're we're drenched you know we're going with the vibes and, and to your point it's a real opportunity where you can release and I think that's actually where the the darkness helps sometimes right because we're not all looking at each other in fact we don't even know where to look (laughs) we're just we're just doing the thing yeah yeah 100 it's that when even the sports that I picked I don't I didn't like touching sports I didn't want anyone to touch me I don't want anyone in my space but it's the same with spin like no one's touching you no one's getting in your space but I know that you're there and it's like we're all in our own little bike we're all on our bikes you can't come to my bike but I know that you're there and I know that we're doing this together still and there's still this perfect element of togetherness but also individualism as well so you can be yourself but you can be yourself knowing that yeah 
what is enabling you to be yourself is that there is someone sitting next to you that is also being their self, that there is also someone at the back that is being themselves. So we, we're all allowed to come in here and just honestly, like what you said about vulnerability, like I don't know what else gets every single person in the world in such a vulnerable state. Like we're sweating, we are heavy breathing, like just in terms of that bit, like animalistically, like you, that is vulnerable. You don't mm. want to be, you don't want to put yourself in a state that you could be attacked and I guess when you're mm-hmm. when you exercise you technically do that a little bit like you're getting your you are vulnerable you're vulnerable to attack aren't you because if someone was to do something yeah. you couldn't run anywhere you're, you're going through it so yeah I guess when you start to go through it physically sometimes maybe it allows you to go through it emotionally as well I never underestimate that yeah you can't no 100% and I think it's that authenticity from my perspective that has made you know Peloton so appealing as far as my experience I would say it was a good year that I was looking at Peloton from a distance because all my friends were buying one the FOMO was getting real (laughs) like one of my good friends he'd be like oh my god I just did a dope ride today with Tunday or Hannah and I'm like really Oh, <laughs> I want to get involved. And <laughs> thankfully, I got an opportunity to, you know what I'm saying? Oh. And then you're like recording it. And then it's just like, but I can't participate unless I get a bike. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I did get an opportunity uh, to, to get a bike. And I mean, I could get, I got it. I was like, okay, I see why people love this because there's a real authenticity that comes through from every single instructor. Um, but I guess I'm curious to know, how did you even get the opportunity, you know, to rep for London, to be a part of this kind of amazing wow. group of instructors that are global, right? <laughs> you famous, girl. Yes, crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't feel normal. Like the, the funniest things, I went I went to Costa Rica and I didn't realise how yeah, many yeah, people yeah. go to Costa Rica from America. Wow. And that's where I've probably got recognised the most. I got recognised everywhere. I was like, oh, this is so weird. I'm on holiday like, in Costa Rica and everyone knows who I am. That was fun. The timing of Peloton was, was mad because I would say that I was super confident in my own like teaching abilities. Like, like, I, like I said, I've kind of figured out who I wanted to be on the bike, the kind of music I liked. And I had my own like crew and crowd. Dope. And I feel like I was getting to the point where I could sell out a room, you know, like confidently and be like, I want to sell out these rooms every week. To the point that like, I remember saying to myself, I want to stop doing other things that I do because mm-hmm. I'd always been balancing like modeling and I was a personal trainer and I was teaching spin. I was doing um, wow. PT at a gym and in an office at the same time. I was doing so much at once. But I remember being like, right, I'm going to drop one. I'm going to like actively drop something because I want to do more spin. I want to be more involved in this. I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to be good at this. So I'm going to get more involved in it. And literally as I did that, Peloton came knocking. They they came to do one of my rides. It was my executive hey. producer. Shout out to Anthony Lucan. He um, did my ride. He actually came on my, he actually came on my birthday. It was my 30th. And I kind of, I kind of vowed to myself that I was gonna have a good time on my birthday ride. When people would bought me like bottles of champagne, and I spotted him out straight away as a new person. I was like, by the way, this isn't a normal class. Like it's my birthday, so I'm going. On. And I was like drinking champagne. In, like I had them just taking sips of champagne in the ride. Yes, I was definitely there for a good time. But 
That's Luckily, so he saw something that he liked. <laughs> Luckily, he was like, she could be all right. Like, we could, we could work with this. Okay. And then, yeah, it was kind of a, a lot of auditions. Quite, a, be honest, a lot of auditions, a long time. Wow. Okay. Quality control. Probably about eight months in all. A lot of it is, like you said, a lot of it, we are very authentic. And it's, it's you can't really get true. someone's true personality or... You don't really know who someone is just from one meeting sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, you kind of want to make sure, like, yo, once you're in, you're, you're in. We need you to be real. Yeah. So Got it. I respect the time that they took mm-hmm. to really see if we were the right, right ones or not. Nice. And so what have been your favorite types of rides so far? <laughs> I, did, I don't know why I'm laughing. It just makes me happy when I think of, like, having fun on the bike, but. This is a really hard question to answer because... I mean, you've done tons. Sometimes. <laughs> so many. Yeah, but even like we break it all down into like first there's the fitness first rides and then there's music first rides. So there have been some fitness first rides that I've been really proud of because the format is so like, it's so smooth. It, and it's so, I've really fought out the class and I've really, I really want people to get the best out of them. It's like you almost go with the clock more than the music. Right. Which isn't what I've come from when I think of like boom I always kind of went with the music but some of those fitness first classes uh, they've been the funnest to do and um, I guess it reminds me of athletics a little bit more it kind of it's like you get to be a real coach you get to be like this is how you should be feeling it's more like instructional so it's like I want you to push yourself I want you to feel like this after this effort this should get you here right and then but it's still like dropping in encouragement as well like like don't worry if you don't this isn't the olympics you can take it as you need take your recovery as you need do you know what i mean it's like Mm. i leave those ones feeling really i feel proud of myself but i also feel proud of anyone who's decided to get on the bike and do that kind of ride because it's it's not easy like even it's not easy for anyone so they make me feel really proud that people want to get on and do quite fitness first rides but then when it comes to like pure out and out fun I've done a carnival ride for three years Way. Now, and I find them hilarious. <laughs> did you go to carnival this year? Of course I went to carnival. I know. Yeah, Why I did I ask the question? That's my favorite time. <laughs> it's my favorite time of the year in the UK. But even like just explaining like carnival to an American audience, like trying to really explain like why Notting Hill Carnival is so Iconic. specific and so... Yeah. Yeah, iconic is the best word to use. It's just iconic, and it's it's just like yeah, we play a bit of bashment, play a bit of soca, but at the same time, like at carnival, you hit a sound system and you hear a bit of like UK sound as well. So mm. getting all that into one ride, it just feels like home. It feels like just being at home on the bike. Yeah. So talk to me about shout outs. Now, for those who may not be familiar with Peloton, um, if you are doing like a live ride then the instructor might just kind of see you in the moment and just give you a shout out. And I mean, again, the FOMO of like, man, I ain't re- okay, I may not be at 100 rides, I may not be at 50 rides, but what does it take to get noticed? Because you must have like thousands of names like popping up like in front of your screen. Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's funny. So we can always narrow it down to people that are hitting a milestone. Mm-hmm. So we can always find the people that have either hit um, 100 rides, 200, all the way up to that. I mean, some people are hitting at thousands, into the thousands now. So we can see all those people that are riding live with us. 
that are hitting those milestones, birthdays as well. Can you see locations? Okay. Only if people, you can put in yourself your age. I think you can put in your location. I think we do ASL, you know, age, sex, location, mm-hmm. <laughs> old school. So people can put it in or they cannot. So I do like a little location. I, I did get a message once ages ago because I've never been to Atlanta, but I just love the idea of it. Right. And um, yeah. It's a great, great city. I went through a phase of saying like, Whenever I saw Atlanta, I was like, oh, you knew you were going to get a shout out because you know I love shouting out people <laughs> from Atlanta. And love someone that. was like, you don't shout me out because I'm not from Atlanta. Oh. This is really unfair. And I was like, oh my no, no, that's not what it is. Like, I shout, I, it just catches my eye. So I, I always shout out a little, a little Atlanta or an Essex because that's where I'm from. So it sounds like the game really, or the aim in the game is if you at least have a milestone of some sort, that probably increases your likelihood of getting that acknowledgement oh you need it yeah yeah milestones it's it's to the point where unless you've got a name that pops out in the rides I'm, I'm mainly focusing on people that are hitting milestones nice definitely and if you're from Atlanta East London or Essex I might be a little bit biased even though I probably am not meant to be <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty <laughs> I mean, one of the things that also stands out about you is just the fact that you are so authentic and you and you kind of you keep it real. You know, how have you been able to kind of develop that level of confidence, especially in a world where it's really tricky to just maintain that, especially as a woman? I would say that probably I still have the same mentality as I developed when I was at Boom, that if this is everyone else's space to be vulnerable, I want to be vulnerable too. And I would say that like the whole letting go of kind of feeling embarrassed or ashamed, like feeling like any kind of shame, I've really just let it go a long time ago. I feel like I want to see someone who's real. So I want to be the person that I want to see the most. Yeah. Although I do think sometimes there's obviously like a, there's a, there's a level, isn't there, between being authentic, and being real and being professional and getting your job done and it's all kind of hard it gets hard I'd say that to kind of find the right line but I think it's just who I am so I've always been like maybe athletics as well has kind of helped me realize kind of like I said when everyone else was going to get their jobs and they were they were focusing on their careers I was still doing athletics so I, I kind of already said I don't really care what the world tells me to be I would say as well, when I was quite young, I was like solid. I was a little rock. I was that little block of muscle. And if I'd have looked in magazines, if I'd have looked externally for my kind of validation, I was never going to find it. So I think from quite a a young age, I taught myself that nothing else can define what is my version of happiness or realness. Like I am real. I'm real to myself if I'm being real to myself. So no one else can decide that for me apart from myself. So That's a word. I kind of always want to be the person. I, <laughs> I always want to be the person that I've wanted to see in the past, maybe. Yeah, no, that I totally, totally get that. And I, I personally have found that as I've gotten older, it becomes easier. I mean, was there a bit of a game changer for you as you hit like a milestone, like thirty? You know, compared to maybe when you were in your twenties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just with kind of all the stuff that I was going through my life at that point I think I'd I led myself to believe that 
the way that life was meant to go. I meet someone, we get married, we have children, and that's that's it. That's the only way that life is to be lived. And then when it fell apart for me, I think I dived deeper into kind of figuring out what I wanted. And again, I did it again, like I did it in athletics. I feel like I did it again. It's like, no, like you don't decide what happiness looks like for me. I'm allowed to decide that for myself. And maybe I don't need all those things that everyone that the world was trying to convince me that I did need, but I don't need them. I'm happy right now. So there's always a little lesson somewhere, isn't there? There's always more to learn. And I guess as I get older, there'll be even more. So that's right. Bring it on. Yes. (laughs) Not done yet. Um, And so so looking at kind of the idea of wellness, what does wellness actually mean to you? Because I think for the longest, I kind of looked just solely to fitness to kind of help me with my confidence, help me with just like mm. a sense of empowerment to navigate the world. And nowadays, I'm just so fixated on wellness and, and all that kind of brings. So what does wellness mean to you? I think this is such a, a hard thing to answer when I feel like the word has been taken. And I think the second things start to get really like monetized, mm. it, it changes the meaning. It becomes that it it takes away from your what you personally believe it to mean and kind of it gets attached to what everyone else tells you that it means. So for me, I I think I will always take it back to balance. So especially when it comes to exercise, is there a version that's too much or not enough for you? Like you're allowed to you're allowed to figure that out for yourself I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure and we always think we're not doing enough but I think sometimes you need to talk to yourself a bit more and be like what is enough to me like what does that actually mean so I think first of all I would always think of wellness as balance like my every part of my life my my health my social life my work life like everything is there a balance in it I also always try and think that wellness is free I always think what can I do for myself that doesn't cost anything And a lot of the time for me personally, I love kind of having like a sensory overload. So I like going out. I like being around loads of people. But sometimes I think wellness to me means sitting on my own or writing things down or reading a book or just being quiet. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me to do. I find it really hard. But to me, that means it's probably the thing I need to do the most. So I think wellness to me, a big part of it is listening to what I need and making sure I find time to do it so even if it's like I'm a big writer at the moment so like I love I've journaled forever so that to me is part of my wellness and it's free yeah so does that mean there's like a book in your future oh my gosh I'd have to make it it would have to be like a trilogy though it would have to be like a Harry Potter 10 part book but oh my gosh I would love to I would love to do things like that I'd love to write a book yeah and would that be a book about your life or like fiction? I feel like I would have loved to have had someone like me when I was younger. Do, do you know what I mean? I, I would love to offer support and guidance to people um, in any way possible. And yeah, something like a book would be would be great. Yeah, I, can, I definitely can see it for you. So the day it happens, <laughs> I'll be like, yes, I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> Um, you know, you said it here first. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that I often encounter is women who struggle with starting 
especially when you're someone who has been into fitness. So for yourself, you know, you started quite young. I mean, I loved PE growing up. So it was a no brainer that once I got into like now my forties, I'd just still be about this lifestyle. But there's some people who did nothing. They, they trust they weren't trying to go to PE. Yeah. You're not going to see them in the gym. So what are kind of like those baby steps that they can take to at least start a journey in fitness and wellness? I would first say figure out why you want to do it, what what you want, because there are so many, I think we think of fitness as so narrow sometimes, like it can be, it can be so many things, like you just want to just get moving a bit more, it could be just you go out for a walk every day, you could start off small and then you get, it gets bigger and bigger, do you want to start, do you want to join a team, do you want to, do you want to get social with your fitness I think fitness can be so much wider than I think sometimes we allow it to be we think oh it means I've got to go to the gym so you don't have to go to the gym I said it on my Instagram the other day that like hopefully I'm doing this fitness thing for a long long time so whatever you start you want to be like I could potentially be doing this for a very very long time is it something that you enjoy like what do you enjoy doing are you a social person do you like doing things on your own do you know what I mean? There's so much, there's so much to think about. But I think sometimes <laughs> just starting and getting brave. I think if if I was talking to someone that was starting out, I think I know you said that I did fit that like I did it fitness from a young age. I still felt like in a way it felt worse for me because I think people had really? some kind of expectation that I knew what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing at all. Right. When I came out of athletics and just decided, oh, I'm just exercising for myself it's that it's very different so Mm. yeah I felt I felt like a complete beginner walking into that spin room for the first time I was like I've got no idea what's what's gonna happen so I guess I would say to someone starting out try as much as possible like it's not again it's not that deep you might go boxing and hate it (laughs) you might try yoga and love it but you won't know until you go out there and try it so give yourself a chance get out there nice give everything a go it's all there. It's all there for you. Yeah. And then separate to spin, what else do you love? My relationship with the gym. I love lifting weights. I find something incredible about starting a program, like a six-week program. And maybe at the start, I can't lift a certain amount. And by the end, I can. I, f- I find that, like, I just love the way our bodies can adapt. Yeah. So it's, I feel like it's a bit geeky because I'm not doing it for, like, back in the day. Like I said, I, I think maybe I was doing it for aesthetic reasons where I didn't quite understand what, what what I was doing or why I was still doing it. But now I just love doing it for the sake of it. I just love going in there and thinking, oh, like three weeks ago, I couldn't do this and now I can do it. Or like, oh, I want to be able to do a pull-up when I'm like 70. Well, not, I, yeah, 70. I want to be yeah, able to do Yeah, 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 why not? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna take it back and say no, maybe like fifties enough. And, and, yeah. I want to be able to do a pull up forever. So in, in order to be able to do a pull up forever, I've got to keep pulling up now. So true. Yeah, I always think about my future self as well. Like, I, I trained a lot of women through the menopause and when they're in their perimenopausal phase, and I know how hard it can get to lift weights, and you know how our body kind of doesn't want to build muscle as easily the older we get so I, I do think about lifting weights just from a health perspective as well mm-hmm. and I do enjoy it luckily I do feel quite lucky that I do enjoy lifting weights because it's a good healthy habit I think if you can find a healthy habit I think it's a good healthy habit to have 
instilled in your life, especially as a woman. Yeah, definitely. So I guess my final question is, how can women use fitness as a form of power? And I I ask that because I feel like, you know, we've touched on the fact that it can be for aesthetics, you know, and health and it can be for all these various things but how can women actually just use it as a way to just show up and and navigate the world because it it definitely has become a form of power for me I love that I love that you've got I feel like some it's a journey and I feel like everyone will get there do you know what I mean like finding that power in exercise but I think one of the first things is to really know why you're doing it and like I said it's a journey but I would say mine started off maybe it was a little bit like image focused. Like, oh, I wanted my body to look, I still want to be the athlete. I still want want to look like the athlete. But then somewhere along the way, it turned into, actually, let me cut all the external noise out. And let like, especially like in the spin room, I found I just really enjoyed it mentally, probably more than physically. I was like, I need this mentally. And I think I figured out a lot of things in a dark spin room. But I would definitely say knowledge is power. Like the more you know, the more you can get out of it what you want to get out of it. I try to like follow great people who are knowledgeable. It's so funny that I work with, you know, Jocelyn Thompson Rule. Of course, yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah, because I, I when I looked at fitness, you know, there are there are a lot of people that it's bodies by this person it's about bodies mm. and I'm like no 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 that's not what I want I I don't want to see it because I don't want to I, I don't believe it and I don't want to allow myself to believe it so I don't want to see it I don't want to see it I don't want that to be the message that I send myself like looking on social media and I don't want to allow myself to keep seeing that 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 this message of you are exercising to look a certain yeah. way look at me I look like this and this is what I did to look like this it's like the more you see it, the more you feed it into yourself. So personally, I try to like follow people that that don't approach fitness like that. Mm-hmm. So like having some, I would follow someone like Joss and now I work with her. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like, we used to proper stalk you and want to be like you when I was older and now we work together. So Aww. yeah, I would just say knowledge is power. Like really think about what you need. And there's a bigger, there is such a, a bigger picture with exercise and I think that sometimes especially women that we are led to believe Mm -hmm. and the only way you're gonna the only way anyone ever is gonna find that out is by like like you said that going on a journey so yes it's about the journey but you can steer yourself in the right way by doing certain things so yeah know yourself like know yourself know why you're doing what you're doing and keep going on the journey and keep learning along the way because like I said hopefully we're all going to be doing this for a very 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 long time so we're allowed to take some wrong turns along the way I think I definitely did but it's a continual journey yeah keep going yes that is exactly it Hannah you are so fly (laughs) if ain't nobody told you I'm telling you 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 are so fly thank you thank you so much for your time and where can people kind of follow your journey actually and just kind of learn more about what you're doing and and just continue to be motivated by your wisdom oh that oh man my wisdom I hope I hope I've got wisdom I feel you like do. I was, I hope, I'm over on Instagram my whole name Hannah Frankson I always think people can't spell my surname F-R-A-N-K-S-O-N <laughs> I go in and out of TikTok sometimes I like it sometimes it's oh, sometimes it's way too much effort but yeah Hannah Frankson on Instagram and TikTok and of course you can find me on 
every single Peloton bike and on the app too, on the Peloton apps. Yeah, Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was the absolutely incredible Hannah Frankson who came with all the gems and wisdom for this episode's top three takeaways. So here we go. Takeaway number one. I was reminded that we can push our bodies so much further than we probably think we can. And this is a lesson Hannah took away from her athletics career. Now that doesn't mean we have to be excessive or extreme or do the most, but it does mean that we are powerful and we should give ourselves a chance to move in that power whenever we can. Number two, the best fitness spaces are the ones where you can really let yourself go and leave feeling better than when you came in. Now, whether or not you like spin, it doesn't really matter. It's about being in a place where you can be completely open and vulnerable. And it's the reason why those spaces can be so impactful because everyone there is truly in it together. And finally, takeaway number three, pursuing wellness doesn't need to be complicated or costly. Like Hannah, it can just be about finding moments of quiet and solitude, like reading a book or simply just being still. It's about knowing what you need and when you need it the most. So on that note, I just want to say a massive thanks to everyone who tuned into this episode of Finesse Wellness, brought to you by Fly Girl Collective, a space for black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Fly Girl Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and sign up to our mailing list at Fly Girl Collective for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you love what you heard, please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you're kind enough to give us five stars, we'll give you a shout out. Much love to you all. Thank you again and catch you on the next episode.